One of Yogananda's early disciples was named Brahmacharini Radhalila. She was a person with a very strong personality, and she frequently would say during the last years of her life, one day I am going to write a book called The Real Yogananda. And she was living at the SRF headquarters, and everyone would panic at the thought of what she might write because she was the type of person she was. And also because they wished that a public image of Yogananda be created that would supposedly fit in with people's spiritual ideas and just also with the image, as I say, that they wanted people to have of him. So there are a lot of stories that people have never heard because of the intention that Yogananda be sort of a cross between uh, St. Francis and St. Teresa of Avila rather than the very unique personality that Yogananda had. So here are some things that were told to me by direct disciples of Yogananda who were there when these incidents took place that you might find interesting. Some devotees were visiting here at our monastery and one evening I just started telling these stories and here they are. I remember Bhimalananda told us that for a while he was in Encinitas and they really missed being with Yogananda naturally up at Mount Washington. And he said, then the word had come and they said, Master's come. And they think, oh boy. And they'd hurry and they'd finish their work and a whole group of them, usually the, the young men, they would come underneath Yogananda's window at Encinitas. And they'd say, open your window, open, come to your window, come, come, we're waiting out here. Nothing. They'd keep calling, nothing. And then when finally they thought, well, okay, he mustn't be in the room. And they start just to move to turn to leave. The window would fly open and a paper bag of water would come up and soak them up. There's one birthday, people coming and pranaming to Yoganandaji in line at the end, you know. And this man is there, he says, you are my guru, I know you will save me. I mean, carrying on and on, making a spectacle, Yoganandaji is paying attention. And then later on, this had been in the daytime, wasn't an evening thing. Later on, the man was kind of walking around outside, and Yogananda came to the window of his room, and he lifted the window and he said, oh, please come and stand right down here below. There's something I want to give you. So the man was there. Sure enough, he came back with a paper bag of water and dropped it all over him. And the man never came back. Now,
there was a really pretty big tree there at Mount Washington headquarters, and people going up the front door would have to go by it. And he was behind the tree. He loved soaking people with water. Christian did that one. He had a hose, and the water was running. And he'd wait, and when he'd hear somebody walking, he wouldn't see him. He'd put the hose around the tree, you know, and, and soak them real good. And so there was another monk just saying there with him. And so he heard some people coming, and he did that, and he hears this woman screaming. He looks out, and there are these real poshy people, and she's got her fur coat on out, and she's soaking wet. <laughs> and he shoves the holes in the monk's hand and said, you hold this, I gotta go. Oh, no. <laughs> and he ran, he ran around the back of the ashram, and they came and saw the monk, and they were standing there griping oh, no. at him. And Yoganandji comes out the front and says, What happened to you? Oh, <laughs> you know, and he takes him in. Oh. And you see, he did things like this. See, often on Sundays, you know, it had been a hotel, the Mount They had a lot of sofas and things. And Faith said, you know, Master, when he was in the mood, he would sit in there and visitors would come and they'd sometimes talk. She said, if somebody had hats, you know, men used to wear those hats all the time when uh -huh. I was a kid. Yeah. I said, he'd take it and he'd like, just mess up. <laughs> and he'd stick it on his head and he'd start staggering around and he would play he was drunk. And he'd go through, and she said, we would just laugh and laugh and laugh. And he'd just talk to people. And she said, it was just the funniest thing imaginable. Vimalananda told me himself, he said, one time around Christmas time, Master took a bunch of monks to some big department store in LA. And they had a really pretty big size tricycle. Do you know about this? No. So he said for three hours, Master rode this all around this oh, big department. Gene, the ballot people, and he had the other way. Who told you this? <laughs> and he said, of course, you know, the real disciples were, this is good. The others were like, Well, you know, um, I can tell you two interesting stories. One time he went into a store. I expect you've heard about it. somewhere. Well, I guess it was in LA. He was with some of the money, right. and he went to the store. And he said, I want all your money. Because they didn't have much. But they took all the money and what Master had, and he spent it all in that store. So the man cried. And when they got out in the car, Yogananda said, Do you know that man had no money at all? He and his family didn't even have anything to eat. And because we came here today, they're going to have something to eat and a little more for the future. Okay, well, let me tell you another one. He said to most of the nuns, we're going to Encinitas and I want you to make a good impression. 
So I want you to wear suits. Women did in those days. Mm -hmm. And I want you to have your hair fixed. And I, I want you to look really impressive. Mm -hmm. So they did. And I mean, there were a lot of, there were three or four carloads, and they were all jammed in. And so there they were, all fixed up, going to Encinitas. There wasn't any particular event. Mm -hmm. So he said, on the way to Encinitas, there was a man selling watermelons out of a truck. So Master, I think Nimira told this. I mean, I heard it from one of the ones that were involved. And anyway, so he had him cut the watermelon, they were those great big things, mm -hmm. in quarters. And he gave each one a quarter. And he said, now, go stand, and I want your feet touching the concrete. Go stand at the highway. Imagine, 66, and the cars are going by. And he said, I want your feet to touch the concrete. And now, you eat that watermelon. So here are these women, their hair's all perfect, and they got their fancy clothes in, and they're here, and imagine, it's all running out of and they did it. And then they went on Encinitas, kind of looking like Rex. So anyway, when they got there, the master said, that man had nothing that was selling the watermelons. And because we bought those watermelons, and you ate them, as you remember. In fact, he said, do you remember the man who was selling the watermelons? That was a very rhetorical question. And that was it. And he did that. You know why Master never drove a car after a while? No. He was a speed demon. Oh. <laughs> when he first came to California, see, Master really was basically a Ramakrishna mission swami on a certain level. In other words, the great influence in his life to Master Teshra was Mahendra Gupta, who wrote the Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna. And I mean, he spent hours and hours and days and days and days with him. Although Vivekananda is a famous one, the real spiritual son, the more perfect image, of Sri Ramakrishna was Swami Brahmananda. I know you've heard of him. And Yoganandaji would go right? to Baylor yes, Mud, and Brahmananda would always say, Mukunda is one of us. And if you really, when you go through the lessons and all the parables and everything, the lessons, they all come from Sri Ramakrishna. It's quite amazing. So you see, there was a young man, he was only 18 years old, and, and, and Vivekananda gave him sannyas and gave him a Paramananda. You know about Swami Paramananda? Yes. Mm -hmm. And a beautiful Ananda Shram, most beautiful ashram I've ever seen in America. He was a very quiet, indrawn, very, you know, gentle person. Mm -hmm. But he made this really beautiful place, and, uh, you know, a lot of people came there. He had ashram in Boston, just called the Boston Madonna Center, mm -hmm. and in Guahasa, which still exists. But he went out there and started Ananda Shram. And it was built. And so when, when Master went to California, he stayed at Ananda Shram mm -hmm. with Paramananda, because they were good friends. And uh, first of all, he had to have problems with Dai. I had a problem one time where we went to Mother's 75th birthday, and Putnam Dai people had told me, if you mix this and mix that, you'll get a true Garibald color. And they came out red. Mm -hmm. And we had to wear them. <laughs> So we showed up in Indian red like a tantric, you know. So I don't know who done the dye, but Master had red clothes. Red, you know, mm -hmm. silk, red, and turban, and everything. And he had, of course, a Ford car. 
And so the nuns would remember they they were they were you know there's some people you know they're just kind of like little mice, and they say a Paramahansa indeed. We remember when he lived here, he broke the speed limit all the time. Apparently he he he'd get in the car, gun and go yeah. through the gate, and he would do this. And of course, and the boy was wearing the red clothes, so they would always they're very disapproving, you know. Except for Paramananda's real disciples, who revered Master. But the hangers on didn't. Anyway, Master really did. He floored it and he went. So one time, Master came virtually head on to a little old rickety truck driven by some Mexicans. They have a ton of kids, and the kids were in the back, you know, in the bed. And he was going to hit them. I'm trying to think, who told me this? Again, it was one of the disciples. And Master realized he was going to hit him, and he said, Mother, I won't drive again if they're all right. And he hit them, crashed, and these kids went every which way and so on, and they were totally unhurt, completely. So Master never drove from then on. But until then, I remember Sister Durga saying, Oh, Master got behind the wheel. <laughs> I don't want Rinalini thing. Rinalini was in it. One time, Master was really late for a Sunday lecture. And it was supposed to start in something like hardly 10 minutes. And they were at Mount Washington, and they had to, you know, get down into Hollywood. And so they started down, and they pulled on the freeway, and Master said, everybody close your eyes, and that's you too, to the driver. Mm -hmm. Literally. Durga was in the car. And they all closed their eyes, and in just a moment, Master said, open them, and they're pulling up from oh, my <laughs>